I feel like a star, but only strictly where I'm famous. I'm in this for the longest haul, like we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots like whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo. Oh, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Rebel Show. I am your host, Colby Rebel, where my goal is to bring your loved ones a little bit closer. But tonight, I am actually going to bring on this incredible guest to help you break through your blocks, mindset, and to help you empower your brain, which will lead to more balance and peace. This is really, really exciting. I have the honor of having John Asaroff on air with us tonight. He is one of the leading mindsets and behavioral experts in the world, helps millions of people. He has built five multi-million dollar companies. I want to be one of them. I don't know about you. <laughs> He is a New York Times best-selling author two times for having it all and quest for success. And we are so excited to have him here tonight to talk about his brand new book, everybody, called Inner Size. Please put your hands together and give us a warm welcome for John Asaral. <laughs> Oh, hello, hello, John. How are you? I'm doing just amazing, Colby. How are you? I am so good, and thank you so much for being here and joining us tonight. Well, this book is incredible. I cannot believe how amazing this book is. I have to know, what inspired you to write this book? For the last 40 years, I've been working on fixing me, my self-image, my self-worth, my self-esteem, my fears, limiting beliefs. And what I realized over the years was that the more that I worked on my inner game, what was happening between my ears to augment my self-image, to let go of the silly, useless beliefs that, for example, my mother and father had around money and around success, and to let go of not feeling that I was smart enough because I didn't do well in school and I failed English and math and chemistry. I felt like I wasn't smart enough and I realized that I didn't learn the right way and I'd fallen behind in school. But I had these things in my head that caused me to do stuff that I wasn't proud of when I was a kid getting in trouble with the law. And so for 40 years, I've been focusing on winning the inner game. And I realized that there are people that exercise every day to strengthen their muscles and their organs, but we also can strengthen our mindset. And so I developed this process for me and my students around the world called inner size to strengthen their core neuro muscles around self-image and self-esteem and self-worth so that they could fulfill more of their potential. Yeah, this is really empowering because in our field, we always talk about mind, body, spirit. And yeah. I'm always encouraging people to build the physical body, but also those spiritual muscles. And I call them spiritual muscles. And I say, oh, they're like the physical muscles in the body. And then when I was reading your book, you say the same thing about the brain. And I was like, he is right. And we do tell ourselves these stories and we create these patterns. And then unless we kind of talk about it or make a conscious effort, to move past it, then we'll keep repeating the same mistakes because of the belief systems. Well, there's not just the belief systems, but every one of us has the most powerful biocomputer in the whole universe. 
But up until the last 20 years, we didn't really realize or understand what is it that we really had? How powerful is this? And you know, scientists have been studying the brain for many, many years, but they had to study the brain of dead people, cadavers. And it's only in the last 20 years, we've been able to actually look inside the human brain and see that we have certain circuits and certain networks. So we have, for example, an executive network, a salience network, a default mode network. We have fear circuits and doubt circuits and self-confidence circuits that turn on or turn off based on a lot of stuff that's going in our own head and our old conditioning, but also from stimuli from the outside world. And most people have never spent any time or money or energy learning how to use the tool that they already own. That's so right? true. Yes. Yeah. So you talk about the gorilla, because I love that. Can you share what the gorilla is for our listeners? Sure. So <laughs> everybody's heard that we have the conscious brain and the subconscious brain. Yeah. Everybody's heard that you can have what you want, but if there isn't alignment between your conscious mind and your old conditioning of not being good enough or smart enough or worthy enough, or you're too young or too old or too white or too black, it doesn't make a difference. Then this gorilla part of your brain is going to activate and cause you to fall back into your comfort zone. It's going to cause you to be stressed. It's going to cause you to put your foot on the brake instead of on the gas. And so what we want to do is tame this gorilla and get this part of our brain to work with us instead of against us. And it's not enough to just have vision and goals of what we want. We also have to, and I call that the Einstein part of the brain, right? So when Einstein says, I want to achieve this, and our gorilla says, yeah, I know, but you're, you're too young or you're too old, the gorilla is going to win every time. Interesting. That's true. Yeah. So how about the difference between coherence and dissonance? Yeah. So you talk about the spiritual realm, yep. right? The, yeah. the world of energy. So let's think about coherence and dissonance. So let's say you have a band, a musical band, an orchestra, and all of the members of the orchestra are playing in beautiful harmony. There's coherence, the piano and the strings and the trombone. They're all in coherence. It sounds good. It feels good. It resonates with us because it's in flow. Well, what if the pianist decided to play her own tunes? And what if the person on the string started to play his own tunes? There wouldn't be coherence, there'd be chaos. Even though there might be great musicians, without coherence, there's chaos and there's dissonance. So for people who want to achieve their goals, whether it's health goals, financial goals, business goals, whatever goals they want to be, doesn't it make sense to get all of your brain working together and resonate with your heart and your gut? When your brain, your heart, and your gut are in harmony, things are in flow. When they're out of harmony, there's chaos. So imagine another scenario. You want to listen to music and you turn on to 95.5 and it's rock and roll. If you're on 95.51, there's hissing. Yes. That hissing doesn't clear the channel. So you've got to lock and load. So if you're used to tapping into the spiritual world, you've got to like let go, move some other stuff aside, yeah. lock and load <laughs> your brain, which is an electromagnetic switching station. Yeah. Your yeah. brain allows light in through your eyes, sound in through your ears. And so when you can create coherence, you can tap into whatever it is that's already here. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Even in mediumship, I teach lock and load. So again, I think that there's so many similarities, which is, is. incredible. 
the, the metaphysical, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, if you think about how does a radio work, I love to use visuals that people get. So how does a radio work? A radio has a receiver, right? Yeah. In the radio, your cell phone has a receiver. So the music that's already here, the receiver, once you lock and load onto a certain station, it taps into a frequency that's already here. Well, your brain and my brain is the most powerful electromagnetic switching station that can receive and send out. And most people just don't know how to do it. And so they think it's like magic or it's mystical or it's mystical and magical if you don't know how to do it. But to somebody who knows <laughs> how to do it and is trained, yeah. you can tap into the frequency that's already here. Yes. What I teach is not mediumship, but it's using your brain better to achieve your goals. I mean, how do you lock and load on your vision and your goals so that you actually resonate, find, attract, be in coherence with everything that's already here right now? Absolutely. You know, a lot of people have fear, and I think fear paralyzes people. What is your best advice for someone who is stuck in fear or just feeling stuck in their life? What advice do you give to someone like that? What I would give them first and foremost is understand that fear is not your enemy. Fear can be used as your fuel for success. Now, let me explain. Imagine that somebody said to you, hey, I'm going to give you this tool that's been evolving for a million years and it is one of the most powerful tools you can have but you need to learn how to use it really really well or it can really harm you and then i said to you okay here's this tool for a million years and more our brain developed to be highly sensitive to anything that could kill you eat you or cause you a lot of harm, but it's also sensitive to real or potential danger. And this tool activates really, really, really fast, like an earthquake detection mechanism that's all over the world. It detects real or potential danger really fast. It's going to send this signal to you in the form of a neurochemical called cortisol or another one called epinephrine or norepinephrine. And it's going to cause you to feel really bad. It's going to cause you to pay attention and be aware and focus on what could go wrong. What could sabotage this? What can hurt you? How can I lose money? How can I get in trouble? And this thing's going to work really, really fast. And unless you learn how to control this, it could be a monster that eats you up and actually threatens your well-being. But if you learn how to use this, just like when you're driving a car and the light pops up on your dash, you don't take a hammer and hit it. You're like, oh, there's something going on in the engine. Or maybe I'm low on tires. Well, first and foremost, fear is a signal that's activated in our subconscious mind as part of our early warning detection mechanism. Now, most people don't know what it is. It's a trigger that causes an emotion, which causes feelings. And now what we're dealing with is because I don't have emotional management or self-regulation skills, the emotion controls me instead of me controlling the emotion. Ah, now we're dealing with a skill that I haven't learned. And here's what I can promise you. It doesn't make a difference if you're afraid of jumping out of planes or if you're afraid of walking across the room and asking a guy where he's from. It doesn't make a difference if you're trying to become a coach and you're afraid of doing what's needed to or to start your own business. The fear trigger is activated anytime there is something in our memory bank that we have either read or learned or experienced that could cause us potential harm, either physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so instead of reacting and then thinking about what we feel and feeling what we think about and reinforcing a disempowering pattern, 
What if through inner size, you could say, anytime I feel that, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take six deep breaths in through my nose, slowly in through my nose, and slowly I'm going to breathe it out through my mouth as slow as you can. In through your nose, slowly, out through your mouth, slowly. And what if after the third one, I just said, I breathe in calmness, and as I breathe out slowly through my mouth, I breathe out fear. I breathe in calmness. I breathe out self-doubt. I breathe in calmness. I breathe out worry or doubt or fear or anxiety or stress. Now, all the research shows that when the fear circuit's activated, if you think about your brain, right, for just a moment, there's a brain, right? Then there's a brain stem and a nervous system. And through that nervous system, we have certain electrical and chemical reactions. So in this state of fear or doubt or anxiety or stress, these stress hormones are released and we feel a little bit tight. We feel like shallow breathing. And that means that the sympathetic nervous system has been activated. And what we want to do is deactivate it and activate the parasympathetic system because in the activation of the sympathetic nervous system, we're in a reactive state of stress. But by deactivating with six breaths and maybe using some words, we move to a parasympathetic nervous system. And now we're in the calm and response system where we activate the, not the Frankenstein brain, we activate the Einstein brain. And then we can say, all right, now in this calm state, I can actually do another inner size called Aya, awareness, intention, action. So awareness of my thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and behaviors without judging myself, blaming myself, feeling ashamed, guilty, or justifying. Now I'm using my brain the right way where I'm aware, and it's in the awareness that I am actually empowered to make a choice. So now I can say, what's my intention for the next five minutes? It's to be calm. It's to be productive. It's to be happy. It's to be positive. That's the A is awareness, the I is intention, and then the second A in Aya is what's one action I could take right now to fulfill my intention. So now what's happened is the fear or stress or anxiety trigger has happened. I've become aware of it because I don't like the way I feel. Now I'm going to take 60 breaths to recalibrate the circuit. I'm going to focus on awareness, intention, and action. Now who's in control, the fear or me? Okay, that's a powerful. That's a very, and very powerful. Kind of, it is, but it's also quick. It's kind of a very quick way to get out of it. 60 seconds to deactivate the fear center. Yeah. 60 seconds. If you're not prepared to invest 60 seconds to be more emotionally in control, nobody can help you. Yeah. You can also yawn, by the way. With those of us who study mediumship and the healing work, and a lot of us can fall into self-doubt, self-worry. Are we yeah. doing it? Are we good enough? Same thing as you were saying earlier. So definitely something like this is a powerful, powerful exercise to help us kind of get out of what we call the little ego, but that's the Frankenstein mind, and to get us into the Einstein mind. So that is fantastic. Now, Inner Size is available on Amazon. It is everywhere. So we're going to put the link up so all of Thank our you. listeners can make sure that they follow it. But what's really interesting too is you've had quite a journey yourself and you've written these books. I think for a personal story, what do you think is maybe the biggest thing that you've learned just on your personal journey? So I've done a lot of research on question of like, who am I? 
who, who are you? Where did I come from? Where did we all come from? And when I was 19 years old, somebody introduced me to everything is made up of energy. And I mean, it sounded great and it sounded <laughs> metaphysical. And I was like, yeah, my hand is energy and the water is energy and the water is an ice cube is energy that's vibrating at a more solid state. And if I heat up the water or heat up the ice, I get water enough to heat up the water, I get air, ether, gas, and then it comes back and there's this transmutation of energy. So I started to understand of what it means to say that I am energy and that we are all connected and I'm in this field of energy and I have this thing called a body and a brain that I can navigate this internal world and external world, the physical and the non-physical. And so now I see you and me and the animals and the plants and the trees and, the, and everything as such an interconnected part of the whole that my life operates from a totally different perspective of if whatever it is created me and it and you and us and that, then that means that that is part of me and I'm part of it and you are part of me and I'm part of you. So then how would I treat you knowing that you and I are connected? Oh, that if, is fascinating. If you believe in, and I use the word God, not as a spirit, as a religious thing, but if God or whatever name you have created all of this, then isn't that like saying if I take a bucket of ocean water away from the ocean and go inland, there's ocean water 2,000 miles inland. So whatever's in the bucket is from the source. So that means that if the source created me, then that means the source created you. That means that whatever you and I are is part of the source. How would you speak to God? How would God behave? How would God think? How would God feel? How would God forgive? Why not think of us as having, and again, in a humble way, not in an egotistical way. Take the little ego and the big ego to set her aside and him aside. But from a healthy understanding, do you realize what you are? To have a hundred trillion cells coalesced into the sentient being called a human, to have muscles and tissues and organs and bones and nine systems that are interconnected so that you can eat almost any food and it creates energy for your brain, your heart, your liver, your lungs, and you're generating 10 million new cells as 10 million cells die off and you can hear and see and smell and taste and touch and intuit. Wow. Like, wow, I'm that. You are that. It, it just blows me away. It yeah. like just blows me away in humble awe-ness of what we are and what we really can understand and do to make each other's lives better, our life better, instead of fighting and thinking of scarcity. And there's so much abundance, we, we can't even fathom how much abundance there is. And so we're living either in scarcity or security or success when there's a way to be significant and make such a big, huge impact in the world to help each other, help plants, animals, whatever it is. I see myself differently than a scared young kid who didn't think he was smart enough or good enough or worthy enough to achieve much. And so now I want to be as much as I could be. And I want to give as much as I can give to as many people while I'm here on this short little journey. Yeah. And it's quite powerful. You're stepping into your power. Basically, inner size teaches people how to step into their power. Now, what about NeuroGym? NeuroGym, yeah. Yes. So when I was looking at building myneurogym.com, I realized when I was building one of my companies, 
I was teaching people how to grow companies. I've taught over, I think, five, 6,000 entrepreneurs how to grow and scale their businesses. And in the early days of doing that, even though I would give the entrepreneurs, the business owners, what to do, how to do it, when to do it, why to do it, I realized a lot of them weren't doing it. So I wanted them to say, why aren't you doing what you should be doing? And here's the blueprint. Here's paint by number. And I realized that it was something was going on in here and arrived at the conclusion that there's only four things that can hold us back. What are they? So number one is you don't have the knowledge and the skill, whether it's to be in a great relationship and be happy, uh, be healthy, be spiritually grounded, build a business, write a book, whatever. You don't have the knowledge and skill. And so not having the knowledge and skill sets up a trigger. Remember, circuits in the brain set up a trigger of self-doubt and lacking confidence. So when we have self-doubt and we're lacking confidence, then we actually will revert back into our comfort zone and safety. So that's one. Two, you have a goal or a dream that you want to achieve, but you don't really feel you deserve it or you're worthy enough. So now we have a self-image challenge that the vision or goal, even though you like it and it's appealing to you, at an unconscious or subconscious level, there's a mismatch. So self-image, self-worth, self-esteem is holding you back limiting beliefs. You have a vision or a goal. And again, I'm going to go health, wealth, relationships, career, or business, whatever it is that you want to achieve. If you have a limiting belief, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the skills, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too white, I'm too black, whatever the limiting belief is, your limiting beliefs are part of your subconscious conditioning. So limiting beliefs hold you back. And then the fourth one is fear. I'll give you an example. I ask a lot of people, do you have a fear of public speaking? I know you don't, but a lot of people do. A lot of people think it's easier to like consider death than than public (laughs) speaking. And I tell people, you actually don't have a fear of public speaking. You have a fear of speaking in public and making a mistake and then being embarrassed, ashamed, ridiculed, or judged. And so now we're dealing with a fear of public speaking, which you think it is, but it's really a self-esteem issue. Or what happens if you speak publicly, or you start that business, or you leave your wife or your husband, or you leave your job and you get another one, and you have a fear of failing, or fear of being disappointed. Or you have a fear, okay, of succeeding and then failing. So you might as well just stay where you are. So these are all emotional things that are happening that most people just don't have the skills to recognize emotions, reframe them, release them, and retrain their brain so that the same stimuli doesn't cause the same reaction. And here's the real thing to think about. Were you born with any fears? No. Were you born with a self-image or self-esteem or self-worth? No. Were you born with any limiting beliefs? No. Were you born with any skills or knowledge? No. Which means that you and I became conditioned a certain way to have certain beliefs, a certain self-image. We have certain things that causes fear in us that doesn't cause fear in somebody else. And then somewhere along the line, we stopped our growth to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. And the proof of that is this. Unless you're trying to colonize Mars, all of the how-to already exists. So knowledge and skill is not your problem. What is one tool or technique that someone could do to release some of that old programming? If you have a limiting belief, let's say, I want you to write it down. So the limiting belief might be, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm a man. 
I'm a woman. I don't have enough money. I don't have the skills. So let's say it's a limiting belief and you can write it down. So when we have a limiting belief that we can identify, that means that that pattern is in our brain or we wouldn't be able to identify it. So a limiting belief in our brain acts as a fact. Why? Well, it's been reinforced somehow. That's how it's gotten in there. What if we took any limiting belief and we just rewrote it and said, in the past, I used to believe, write down your limiting belief, and now... What I'm learning to believe is that I'm more than good enough. I'm more than smart enough. I have the tools, the resources, the ability to do X, Y, or Z. The very fact that we take a limiting belief and change the neural structure of it and then repeat it two times, five times, ten times in a day means that we are going to deactivate the old belief, recreate a new belief, and reinforce that so that becomes the dominant pattern. Now, how long does it take would be a great question for people to ask. And here's what the latest science research says. 66 days to 365 days. So let's say I have a limiting belief. If you use just that declaration written a new way and you repeat it and you put it maybe on your mirror and as you brush your teeth, you do something I call brush and prime. So as you're brushing your teeth, you prime your brain with a new belief. Now, let me prove something to every single person who is watching right now. And since Colby, since you're in Hollywood, you're going to get this really fast. <laughs> I want you to all to imagine that a Hollywood actress of your loving taps you on the shoulder at a restaurant that you're at or a coffee shop. And she says to you, hey, Colby, or hey, whoever's watching right now, I just finished writing this script. I'm a Hollywood producer. And who's your favorite actress right now or producer? Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, what's your name? And you go, oh, my God, you're Charlize Theron. I'm Colby Rebel. And she says, I just created this script. And I know you've never seen it. But if you read the script and you memorize it and you come to the studio and you get on camera and you play this role, I'll give you coaches, I'll give you consultants, I'll give you everything you need to play this role, I'll give you $10 million to play the role. What would you do to learn the script? Oh, I would, I would read it over and over and practice it and say it over why? and over. <laughs> or why? Would you have your friends watch you? Would you record yourself? Would you film yourself? Would you take the advice of the coach? Now, how could you take a script that somebody else wrote? It's not even yours. And how could you actually become the role so that cameras could be on you and people go, oh, my God, is that Colby playing that role? Yeah. Because you created a neural network that's so strong that you don't have to read the script anymore because you practiced it and rehearsed it so many times, you become the script. Yeah. And guess what most people are not prepared to do? Become the new script, become the new story, wow. have the new beliefs so that they are the dominant patterns versus the old patterns. So interesting. Yeah. And again, I think that's so true just because sometimes too, I believe, and I just see this with clients and students as well, it's like, we tell ourselves what we believe to be a truth, and then we, we have to make that happen, right? Like we can't be open to saying, oh, it's something different. So it's That's exactly called, what you're saying. What's it called? Cognitive biases. Ah. So we develop these beliefs, and then we develop these biases to make the beliefs accurate. Here's the next level of that. 
Okay. Is our brain then deletes and distorts anything that doesn't resonate with the belief. Oh, interesting. Wow. I have a question. Someone says, hey, I have a block or a limiting belief. And you said, hey, write it down. I think some people have limiting beliefs, but maybe they're not aware of them. How mm -hmm. would they bring it into their awareness that it's there? Through meditation. Okay. Through mindfulness, through being quiet, through deactivating the part of their brain that's thinking all the time and activating the part of their brain that just knows their intuitive sense. So think about a car and specifically a stick shift car. So if you know how a stick shift car works, you put it into the first gear, put your foot on the, on the clutch, you put your foot on the gas, and then you go in first gear. And then you switch the gear, you put, you put your foot on the gas, you switch the gear from first gear to second gear to third gear to fourth gear. Now, what's happening in the engine? As you switch from first gear to second gear, initially the engine's revving up, and then it backs off, and then and backs up, and then and backs up, until you're in fifth gear, and the engine's working slower, but the car's going faster. Well, what if I shared with you that you can actually do the exact same thing with your brain? That you can go from a beta brainwave frequency to alpha, to delta, to theta, to gamma, and what if in each one of these brainwave frequencies, you can tap in or tap out of different layers of consciousness within yourself, but also outside of yourself. So, Colby, the work that you teach of how to tune in to that stuff is exactly what I just talked about. So you teach me how to get out of first gear <laughs> and let it be the third, fourth, or fifth. Well, I teach people how to do that to go inwards into their own psyche, into their own memory bank, into the neural networks that already exist. You can't do that in the state that I'm in right now. But I can do that in a quiet, relaxed state. And I can percolate up ideas from my unconscious or subconscious or from the universal intelligence that I'm in. And so I can go inside out or outside in. And you just need to learn how to alter okay, the vibrational frequency that you are in, the gears, brain gears, brainwave frequencies. Really fascinating. I... <laughs> I love, I love, as you can tell, the how it all works. So yes. for me, I want to like, how does it work? I've got a trillion dollar brain. Teach me how it works. We've got all these organs. We know we can regulate our heartbeat. We know we can regulate our awareness. We know we can focus more or focus less. I'm fascinated by how, right? And the reason I wrote Intersize is here's the tools. Practice these. Here's a few things you can do easily that'll help you have better mental and emotional control awareness getting rid of disempowering habits, starting new empowering ones. Yeah. There's a process that when you follow it, it becomes, it's not easy, it becomes easier. It's not fast, it becomes faster. The reason I think this is such a breakthrough, there's a lot of people that lack confidence. Now, lacking that confidence is, I think, from the blocks or the limiting beliefs. A lot trauma. of it, trauma, right? Trauma, trauma. yes, absolutely. Yeah, so here's what's interesting, though. There's so many books that, say, his tips to be confident. But those in some ways are just kind of band-aids over the underlying yeah. issue, right? So right. inner size is going to teach you how to genuinely build confidence that will be authentic, literally from the inside out. Yeah. And the other thing that I did, because I really want to help people, is in the book, in the end of every chapter, there's a barcode. And if people just go to the barcode, 
and they go to my website, they can actually download nine brain training audios with me guiding them. I give it to them for free, just the videos that they can get. So for your, I don't know, $10, $13, $14 book, I don't know what it is, I'm going to give them $200 worth of brain training audios so they can actually practice with me teaching them how to do it and guiding them. So that's the other part of it that I don't talk about often, but that's kind of like a bonus to to get people not just to, here's what you should do, but let me do it with you. Let me teach you. Yeah. You're clearly passionate about this. I am. What made you passionate? Like you talked about the energy earlier and as a young man, but this is beyond energy. Like this is truly wanting to help people. Where, where did that part come from? When I was 19, I was getting in trouble with the law and I was one step away from either jail or death. One of those two things were going to happen. My first mentor said, I'll teach you and I'll mentor you and I'll coach you. But promise me one day when you apply what I teach you and you become successful, you help others. And so after I achieved some success in different areas of my life, I was divorced twice. Finally, I've been with the woman of my dreams for 21 years. We're going to celebrate our 15th anniversary. I've raised two kids with her and my former wife, who's the mother of my two kids. I've built companies. I've made some money. I've lost a lot of money. I've invested. I've had some highs and lows. In every area of life, I've been talked earlier, 238 pounds, 33% body fat 10 years ago. I learned how to use my mind to let go of the weight and keep it off and to be healthy. Learned how to use my brain better. I've got two sons who are 23 and 25 that are using what I've taught them. I've got hundreds of thousands of students that are achieving success easier, faster than before. I just feel compelled to share what I've learned on the journey, the real journey of life. Don't stand here and say, I haven't had failures, but I learned what to do with those failures. Not that I haven't had traumas. I've learned what to do about those traumas. It's not like I haven't been insecure. I have been. It's not like I haven't had fears. I have been fearful. I still am fearful of certain things, but I know what the signals are and I have the tools So I want to share it with people so that they can have an amazing life, so that they can let go of what's not serving them, learn how to step into their power, stop standing on the edge of your potential and start fulfilling it. And all it is is around upgrading your knowledge and your skills and retraining your brain a little bit so it works for you instead of against you. We know now how to do that. It's, you know, we use telescopes to look out into the cosmos. We use microscopes to look deep into stuff. And yet nobody has been teaching us how to use the most powerful tool that's created all of it. And so I've got a few of the answers. I'm able to help lots of people achieve health and wealth and relationship and career and business success. And so they can have lives that have more purpose and more meaning, uh, more fulfillment, less of that, more of that. So I just feel compelled to share. It gives my life purpose and meaning to share. You had talked about some failure or perceived failure. Mm-hmm. Now, people in our business, they'll say, oh, then I'm not supposed to do it. The universe is telling me I'm on the wrong path. I don't believe that. You learn from failure. But how do you look at failure? What do you think failure teaches you? Why do you think it happens? What is your take on it? Failure for me, like I've failed so many times. (laughs) First and foremost, in the formula of success, failure is right there. It's part of the formula. Let's step aside for just a moment and let's ask ourselves, what do I really want to trade my life for? 
What do I want to trade my life for that I do? What do I want to have? Who do I want to be? What will give my life the most purpose and meaning so that before I die, I can go, yeah, what an amazing masterpiece I created. <laughs> so let's start with that. And then let's remember that for every goal that we want, every goal we want, the formula to achieve it already exists. Wow. There is a way of thinking, a way of managing emotions, a way of staying focused, and there is specific behaviors that when you do them, you have a guaranteed, predictable probability of achieving it. Now, here is where the challenge comes in. When people don't take the time to learn, what do I need to do step by step? And when people are just interested and they are cognitively lazy, then they're hoping and praying things work out when all of the how-to exists. So if you want to learn how to set a goal and how to achieve a goal, we know how to put a woman on the moon and soon maybe to Mars because there's a lot of smart people who've figured out all the how-to. So the real question is, are you committed to becoming the person who applies the right things on a day-to-day -day basis? And are you going to become the person that says failure is just a learning mechanism and I'm going to take all of my failures and I'm going to fail forward so I'm making progress and I'm going to learn how to manage my beliefs and my mindset and my emotions so I get this physical body to take action towards my goals and dreams. And when I learn to give things a meaning that empower me instead of meanings that disempower me, then I am going to win. And so are you interested in commit? I'm going to come back to this question every single time. If you're interested, you're going to do it. It's easy and convenient. You're going to come up with stories and excuses and reasons why you can't, and you will be right. And if you're committed, okay, instead of excuses and finding reasons why you can't, you will find solutions and commit to how you will. So that's a mindset. Yeah. That can be taught. I think the great thing about this is you're basically saying, listen, no matter what you're coming up against, you can learn the solution of it. You can actually learn how to change it. Exactly. I don't think that that's taught enough. So it's a good thing you wrote the book. But, yeah, <laughs> but that's and, and not really taught to, enough. Yeah, so. What we have to learn is to be resourceful in the absence of resources. Wow, yes. In today's day and age, right, one of the things that's a real critical skill and I've been teaching this to all of my clients for the last six months, it's to become an adaptationist. So right now, when things are changing, you have to adapt and switch. You have to be comfortable in adaptation. And so most people are like, no, I like it where it is. And so most people prefer to master disappointment instead of mastering change. That's fascinating. That's so true. That's actually really, really true. Just even that is so awakening. So it's very important you think about it, yeah. but it's really profound. I prefer to master disappointment than mastering change. Mastering change means I need to change. Oh, wow. Right? So I prefer to stay comfortable and master disappointment. I could be, I could be comfortable and miserable. Right. So as we come to a close, our time together is almost up. Can you believe You that? told me this would go fast. I told you. Did. As it go fast? Okay. We've got three books for you, Having It All, and we've got Inner Size and The Answer. Two of these are New York Times best-selling books. I know Inner Size is getting up there as well. So congratulations 
to you. I just want to thank you so much. Honestly, this has just been incredible and so powerful. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And everyone, they can find you, johnassaroff.com. How about on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Yeah. What are your handles there, John? Well, I'm on Instagram uh, at John Asraf. Got a Facebook fan page also at John Asraf. My company is myneurogym.com, myneurogym.com. Uh, we have a lot of free events. Uh, if you want to learn how to make more money or achieve their goals or grow their business, everything that I do comes at, at the solution from neuroscience and neuropsychology. And so dealing with the real cause of your beliefs, perspectives, behaviors, your habits, and your knowledge and skills. And my belief is that when we combine mindset with skill set and action set, we can achieve every one of our goals and dreams. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you very much. And I look forward to sharing this with the readers. And thank you again and have a beautiful, beautiful night. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. You thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Colby Rebel Show. Be sure to follow Colby on social media at Psychic Rebel. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please head on over to iTunes to leave a review to help Colby grow the tribe. Colby is an international psychic medium, teacher, best-selling author, and speaker. She is a master teacher of the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is the owner of the Colby Rebel Spirit Center in Los Angeles. Visit ColbyRebel.com.